Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello everyone, welcome back to the SC Report podcast for round 20. There's only six weeks to go, trades are running low, and we're almost at the end of the year. Uh, we've got myself, Nick, here, and special guest on the other end of the line this week making his podcast debut. It's Carlos the Dwarf who writes the buy, sell, hold piece for us. Mate, do you want to be known by Carlos or by your real name? Um, I'm happy to go by my real name, which is Andrew, so if you're happy to do that, um, but Carlos is fine too, I really don't mind. Okay, all right. Let's go with Andrew. Andrew, mate, great to um, great to have you on. Thanks very much for giving up your time. Uh, obviously, riding the buy, sell, hold. Been playing Super Coach for for a number of years now, I would presume. Yeah, I have been, again, thanks for letting me write the buy, sell, hold this year. Been really enjoying it and getting some great feedback. Um, before I mention my Super Coach history, I just like to say it's great to finally have some New South Wales representation on the podcast. Ah, yeah, it's, it's been rubbish. a bit too Queenslander heavy for the past couple of years, so I'm happy to. Um, put a bit of blue into it, um, but yeah, I've been playing Super Coach for a few. Sorry, um, I've been playing Super Coach for a few for quite a while now. Last year was probably my best year. I finished 492nd, so didn't have one of those nice little key rings. Uh, struggling a little bit this year though. What are you at at the moment? I'm currently sitting 2122nd. Uh, was as high as 711th about a month ago though. Okay, 2100. That's not too bad. You're still in key ring range. You're probably only. If my calculations are correct, you're probably only about 180 points off the top 1,000. Yeah, I've not been that bad score-wise for the past few weeks, mostly around par, but I've just been getting you know, 100, 200 drops. So, yeah, I'm not too far out of that top 1,000, so I'm still pushing for it at this stage. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm hanging on to the top 1,000 grimly. I'm 804th now. I uh, scored 10.65 on the weekend, uh, had Fafita on the bench, um, had Reese Martin as captain, play, had to play near Corey in my centres, didn't have uh, Mitchell or Fergo or any of those guys who scored big uh, aside from Masters in the centres. So it wasn't the best week, 10.65. Uh, yeah, like I said, hanging on. Uh, just a quick update on the other boys. Wilfred's a little bit ahead of me. 737 overall. He had a bit of a bad week with a 1012. Joe Fitz is just outside the top thousand. Had a 1146, so a pretty good week there. He's 1072 overall. And Wenin is on his uh, Vietnam holiday. He's struggling. He scored a thousand and one points. He's 2022nd. So I reckon you must be not far behind him at this stage. Yeah, it sounds like I'm pretty close, so hopefully it'd be good to get in front of a few of those boys. Uh, Joe put the the everyone's rankings in the uh, excellent teams analysis a few weeks back, and I was coming up the rear there, so it'd be good to get in front of someone. Yeah, you'll get him, mate. You'll get him. He's clocked out. He just sends pictures of him at the bar at happy hour all day, basically. So he's done. I think he's only got two or three trades left. He'll pack it in. How are you looking for trades? 
Um, I'm not doing too bad. I've got four left. I've already locked in one this week. I'm tempted to use another one, but I may hold off. Um, so I'm trying very hard not to use it, but we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I'm sitting on four at the moment as well. I'm, I'm thinking of two this week. Um, I'm thinking of a Luciano Leilua Tanuff, uh, and then a Nene McDonald to Luttrell. Uh, I want to get that, want to get that fourth center wing, someone who can go, who can go big on their day. Uh, what are you thinking at the moment? Um, yeah, so I've got the one I've locked in at the moment is Viliami uh, Kikau down to Ryan Madison. Uh, my centre wing has not been that great at the moment, and I've got a couple of boys in there at the moment who aren't performing. So getting Madison and his excellent base stats in there is something I've been waiting to do. Um, so, yeah, still undecided on the trade yet. Uh, I've got a couple of things that might come up later in the podcast, but, um, yeah, holding on that one at the moment. Yeah, that's a good move. Who have you got uh, sitting in centre wing currently as a jewel who you can so, shift up to the forwards? Um, I nuffed out someone to okay. uh, one of the Sharks, dual nuffs, uh, a few weeks back in preparation for Perfect. this. Perfect. Good move. I'm thinking of, yeah, I'll, I'll probably go enough front row, second row jewel from the Roosters. I think Brock Gray is like 164k, so he's the one I'm looking at. Uh, but like you said, we'll cover all of that and more throughout the pod. Um, we'll do the usual injuries, teams, trade talk, uh, captains, and then we'll take some questions from Twitter that we got today. We got some really good questions, so we'll, we'll go through them. Uh, we'll kick it off with the teams. I'll run through a few games, and then I might hand over to you if that's all right. Sounds fantastic. Uh, Broncos-Sharks tomorrow night should be a good game on a Thursday night. Asako is remaining at fullback. Uh, Lodge moves into the starting side. And for the Sharks, Luke Lewis returns. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how many people play for Fida in their starting lineup this week after he went large last week. Friday night, Cowboys and Knights unchanged for the Cows. So Tamari is at fullback and Clifford's in the halves. And the big news of the week is obviously Ponga's return for the Knights. Uh, a few positional swaps there in the centres and in the forwards. But nothing particularly super coach relevant there aside from. The return of Ponga, Bulldogs and yeah, Tigers. A, I just want to hold you up for a sec. Yeah, Nick, there's a bit of there's been a bit of talk about Ponga possibly injuring his ankle at training this week. Uh, Connor Watson also in doubt, and Nathan Brown said they may not possibly have both of them for this weekend. So, no, as always, keep an eye out on Wacko's whispers. But it sounds like Ponga could have an ankle injury and may not be uh, 100%. Yeah, I did see that. Apparently, he tripped on a, or stood on a footy or something. So I'm. I'm probably, I've, I've held him, but I'm probably leaning towards leaving him out of my side this week, to be honest. I'm probably going to go with the forwards, uh, you know, the likes of Tapao, Burgess and Co. and Kakao, probably ahead of Ponga, I think. Yeah, I'm looking at a similar thing. I'm not too sure, not too certain on starting him at this stage. Yeah, I think it's it's good that it's an early game, though, at least... You know, we're going to know Friday if he's in. Uh, maybe we can even get a glimpse of him in warm-up, potentially, and, and go from there. But I don't think it's a bad move to maybe just leave Ponga out of your side for this week. No, I definitely agree. And I think if you've held him this long and left him out, I don't think another week's really going to hurt that much, considering how strong some of the forward options are. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Bulldogs and Tigers, there is nothing particularly relevant there. Uh, the last game I'll do is Manly and Panthers. So for Manly, Walker returns to 5'8", uh, Sean Lane starts. And for the Panthers, Jerome Louis unfortunately, has what looks like a pretty bad ankle injury. He's done. Crichton has been dropped. Peachy's named at fullback with DWZ on the wing. 
uh, and Kakao still starting in the second row with CHN in the second row as well and Merrin benched. What position do you think Peachy will play this week? I think this lineup from the Panthers is a little ridiculous. Um, sort of making a bit of a mockery of uh, Teamless Tuesdays. I'm pretty sure he'll line up in the centres, DWZ back to fullback, and possibly Wanga Blake out to the wing, which probably won't um, make his owners very happy. Yeah, you'd have to think so. Hey, I mean, I think it's a bit of ducks and jakes, as they'd say with Peachy at fullback. I I think it's a bit unlikely that he actually starts there. But but again, who knows? That'd just be the way I'm thinking. Yeah, I think it's most likely going to be that. But uh, again, we want to see the final teams and how they run out. Yeah, definitely. All right, mate, I'll hand it over to you for the last four games of the week. All right, cheers. So our next game up on Saturday is the Rabbitohs versus the Eels. Souths are unchanged this week uh, for my Eels. So I'm unfortunately a long-suffering oh, Eels fan. No. <laughs> <laughs> so not had a good uh, uh, couple of years here. But uh, for the Eels, George Jennings is out. Brad Takarangi comes in at centre. Jared Hayne moves out to the wing, which is... Going to have a little bit of super coach, super coach implications. Uh, Gower's on the bench. Tepai Mora starts in the second row. Uh, and uh, you've got Reed Mahoney on the bench again this week, which hopefully should mean some more big minutes for Nathan Brown. Yep, good call. Uh, next up uh, on Saturday, we've got Storm and the Raiders. Uh, for Melbourne, uh, Del Finucane's back at lock. Kenny Bromwich onto the bench. Uh, and another one that's probably got a bit of super coach implications is having uh, Jerome Hughes at number seven again. So that could impact uh, Cameron Munster uh, for the second week in a row. For the Raiders, uh, Joe Tuffanay is back from suspension, so Soli Ola moves back to the bench. Kotrick's swapped with David Oldfield, so he's into the centres, and then Murchie drops out of the squad as well. Yeah, good to see Tuffanay back there from suspension. I think a few people have got him, so they'll be quite happy with that. Yeah, I've, I've held him, and um, I probably will be playing him this week, but I traded him off. I traded him from Lachlan, Lachlan Fix-Gibbon, so I had one player out for two weeks with suspension and then traded <laughs> him for another one who copped another two-week suspension. So. Oh. That's played into my downfall over the last month or so. That sort of stuff just really pisses you off, doesn't it? Yeah, I've had a few runs like that this year. Yeah. Okay, so moving on to Sunday, we've got the uh, Titans and Warriors. Uh, Will Matthews comes in to replace Lorani Latu on the bench. Uh, Arrow is named. Um, According to NRL Physio, though, he's only got a grade 1 PCL knee injury, which is mainly just limiting his knee function and uh, has a bit of pain, so it could restrict his time, but he should be right to go. And for the Warriors, there's a few big changes here. Blake Green's back. Toru Harris is back too. Uh, Simon Manning moves into the lock with Adam Blair suspended. And then you've got uh, Lasone uh, on the bench replacing Chris Sarte. And Peter Hick on an extended bench too, but probably won't make the 17. Yeah, I have two quick comments on this game. Firstly, I was all pumped up to go down the highway and watch it. My kids usually play soccer on Saturday morning at 8am. For some reason, they have a Sunday afternoon game this week at 5pm. So... Can't that is go- brutal. I know. A Sunday afternoon at 5pm. What a joke. But yeah, can't go, so I have to watch it on TV. And second comment is, there is no way that I'm playing Jai Arrow in my side this week. Yeah, this is something I was going to bring up later, but he is not sitting in my 17 this week. He'll be a non-playing reserve. I want to see another week of him actually playing without falling over and getting injured um, before I'd be confident enough having starting again. Yeah, definitely. I mean... I've got Kikau ahead of him this week for feeder to Powell, Burgess. Uh, would you have Tarpanay and Nathan Brown ahead of him this week? Um, I don't own Nathan Brown, but if I did, absolutely. Um, I do own Tarpanay, and that's who I've swapped out for him at the moment. Okay, so he's he's around that Tarpanay level, we think, this week, basically. I think so. You just got, I can't put players into my 17 at the moment who I don't think are going to be playing big minutes. And if he's going to only play 30 or 40 minutes, possibly 
if he takes a knock to his knee, I'd rather take the pretty much surefire 80 minutes from Tarpane at this stage. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and I'll take the 80 from Kakao. You know, he might not have the base stats that Arrow does, but in 80 minutes, he's more of a chance to, to nab an attacking stat, I think. So, yeah, I've got a lot of guys ahead of Arrow this week. Yeah, good call. All right, what's the last game of the week? Uh, last game, yeah. So last game on the weekend, Sunday afternoon, Roosters and Dragons. So it should be a pretty big game. Uh, for the Roosters, Butcher and Collins are out. Orbison comes onto the bench with Isaac Liu. And another big one is Madison named to start in the back row. And so he's played 80 minutes last week, so he should be pretty good, pretty, pretty good trading target this week. Uh, for the Dragons, uh, Tyson Frizzell is named. There's a little bit of doubt cast over him, so he may not play, but he's named at the moment, uh, which pushes Leilua to the bench. Blake Laurie drops out. And then you've also got Pereira on the wing, so that keeps uh, Blake, uh, sorry, keeps Kurtman on the bench as a bit of an AE nightmare. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Good old Luciano, hey? Held him all season. He's finally come good. He's up to 290k after a couple of good weeks. He's made, you know, made his 110, 120k, and it's it's perfect time to nuff him out this week, I think. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I said in the uh, buy sell hold this week. Um, you know, better late than never with some of these nuffs, and getting him up to around 300k at the end of the season is a perfect time to get rid of him. Yeah, yep, exactly. All right, we'll um we'll cover a lot of these guys, in particular Madison, uh, as part of trade talk. But we'll just take a quick break to take a word from our sponsor, and we'll be back in two seconds. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, "What the f- are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass." So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. All right, let's move straight into trade talk. Um, we'll go through some of the outs, some of the sells, and some of the buys, and I think we'll focus on center wing again this week. We we talked about it last week, but it seems to be the position of the most contention. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but most people probably in the forwards have got Cook and Smith. You've got some combination of Kikau, Fafida, Burgess, Tapau, Slash Nuff in front row. Second row, everyone's got Reese Martin, Tal Malolo, Trebojevic, and Crichton, Arrow, Brown, Tarpanay, maybe Papali. So would you say, like in my opinion, most people's forward packs are pretty much set? Yeah, absolutely. I think there's no shortage of options in the forwards this year. And whilst there might be six or seven guys that everyone has, there's probably another half a dozen at least that could be viable options there. So yeah, I think everyone's pretty much set in the forwards at the moment. Yeah, and same at fullbacks. People have got Trebojevic, Teddy, Ponga, two of those three, I think, don't they? Yeah, you might have a few who've got Cody Walker or someone as their second fullback, but, uh, yeah, pretty much everyone's going to have at least two gun fullbacks. Yeah, the halves is a bit interesting. I mean, Johnson's been very out of form. Widop's doing okay, but he's not setting the world on fire. Um, 
Cody Walker, like you say, is is definitely an option there. Milford's been quite good, but he could only manage 50 on the weekend. Um, I'm running the johnson Widop combo. Is there anyone else, any other halves there who you think are, are sort of particularly interesting this week? Um, I'm running the same combo, so I've got both of them. I've also got Munster on my bench, but I'm still I'm not playing him at the moment because I'm not confident with Hughes as his partner. I don't think there's anyone else that's really like screaming out to be traded in. Nathan Cleary's interesting, but I don't think you're going to play him in front of Sean Johnson. So if you do trade him in in that regard, he's a bit of a, a, a depth option. And then is that really worth a trade at this point? Um, you know, it's it's there's really only those two at the moment. I think who are absolute must-haves. Yeah, exactly. Because if if people buy Cleary, um, like you say, they're probably not playing him ahead of Johnson, and you, you're not playing him as one of your four reserves. I don't think ahead of the hooker, the fullback, and and two of the forwards. So I think he's he, like you say, his depth really isn't he? In, in case Johnson goes down. Yeah, exactly. And he's not going to change that much in price. His break even, I think, sixty nine or something this week. So if you are looking at him, you can wait another week and possibly Johnson might get injured or who knows, and then you make that trade. But I think making it this trip at the moment is not necessarily a waste of a trade, but it's, it's something you could be using later. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Connor Watson's been having quite a good period as well, and he played uh, quite well with Mitchell Pearce early on in the year. So he's another option there, 5'8", fullback, Jewel. Um, you know, you've mentioned Munster, Cleary, Johnson, Widop. It's It's some combination of those guys that people are running in the halves. So that... That leaves the old centre wing again. Um, people, some of the some of the popular sells this week are pretty similar to to sort of the last three or four weeks. You've got Kurtman, Croker, Hiku, George Jennings. Uh, people are selling Remus Smith. He's he's probably capped out in price at two ninety k. People are cashing in on Tamara Martin, Brimson. Probably trading him to Nathan Cleary. I would say Riley Jacks as well. And then people are off Cohen Hess, who's really nosedived after a strong start to the year. People are selling Jai Arrow. I don't, I don't think he's a sell this week. I mean, I think he's definitely a wait and see, see how that knee looks, see how his minutes look, and go from there. But have you got any particular issues with any of the top 10 sells this week? Um, not really. I mean, Arrow, as you mentioned, I, I can't understand selling him at this point. You, you're probably only going to get a comparable player back at the same at, at that price range and if he does come good he's you know absolute must have so he's the only one i think who's someone i wouldn't be selling um maybe remus smith in that you're not going to get a great deal by cashing him out but if you need it to, to fund a, a trade up to a keeper or a gun then absolutely it's probably worth doing yeah yep yeah, i agree so i brought dry arrow in a couple of weeks ago i had to make the trade early and then he was obviously a late withdrawal so i didn't really need him that week but still obviously he didn't play and then he comes out and gives 30-odd points last week. So I've owned him for two weeks for a grand total of 32 points. Yeah, that, that's that's brutal. <laughs> I, I, I was relying on, on him as well for round 18. I had everything planned out. I was going to have 17 players, and uh, then I got uh, Pangai out with a uh, hamstring, and then Jaya didn't play, and Teddy didn't play, and Mitchell didn't oh. play, so I ended up having only 15 for that week. So that was the real down, down point of my season. Yeah, that hurts. That hurts. I did have Arrow um, early on in the year, and I got on him early, so I got that big 100 and a couple of other good scores. So that was good, but last couple of weeks he's let me down, but let's hope that maybe he eases back into it this week and then he starts banging them out from next week. But I'm definitely holding him. 
Yeah, I think he's a hold. Um, there's a, probably a good chance they, they get pumped by the Warriors this weekend too, so he may not get a lot of opportunity. And then I think another week off, another week, sorry, should hopefully uh, that knee should be okay and he'd be back in the starting 17 for us. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's it's basically a Warriors home game when they play up here on the Gold Coast. You know, there's so many New Zealanders who live up here and who go to the games. So the Warriors usually play quite well against the Titans. I went to watch the game last year and the Warriors won comfortably. So let's hope it's more of the same this coming week. So in some of the top trade-ins uh, this week, we've covered Nathan Cleary. Uh, I think Crichton and Fafida probably speak for themselves. Fafida's quite cheap. Did have that try and a line break, and I think on the Daily Tally pod this week, uh, they said it was only sort of like 45 in base or something like that. So um, what do you think about Fafida? It seems that people are jumping on him off the back of one good score when he has been down for three or four weeks before that. Yeah, I don't think it's the wor- I don't think it's a bad option. Um, it just really depends who you're trading him from, like who you're selling to get rid of him. If you're doing a Ryan James to Andrew Fafita, that to me is probably a bit sideways. I um, mean, I traded, I did that trade prior to round I think it was 17 when Fafita had peaked and Ryan James had a, a nice break even. But his minutes are up in the last couple of weeks. I think he's uh, had uh, 62 and 59. So that sort of cloud about minutes with uh, Aaron Woods arriving seems to be gone. Um, I know Wade Graham didn't play the second half, but still his minutes have been pretty good. I don't think he's a bad trade this week. I just think if you're trading him another sort of gun or keeper to get him, that might be a little bit sideways. But if you're trading up from someone like a, um, Isaiah Papali from the keeper from the Warriors or um, uh, Herman SASA or James Fisher-Harris, if you've got one of those types, um, he's probably a good swap. Yeah, yeah, agreed, agreed. I Yes, I've had him the whole year. I'm very, very close to selling him last week, but I I sold James and brought Crichton in instead, which didn't turn out particularly well, but let's hope it goes a bit better going forward. Um, Okay, so I think we're going to have to do centre wings again. So last week we spoke about centre wings, Josh and I, and we had our top four as being sort of Masters, Alex Johnson, Aitken, and then one of Mitchell, Madison, Fergo, uh, Nofaluma, take your pick. Uh, Masters, very good week, obviously, almost turned up. He's definitely still up there. Aitken was okay, didn't score particularly well, but I think he's still solid and with the Dragons' good run home after this week. Uh, and then Alex Johnson, the, the Rabbitohs, just had an absolute shocker against the Tigers, but I'm backing him I'm backing him to turn up, unfortunately. Sorry, mate, against the, uh, against the Eels this week. Um, what would you would you have those three guys, Masters, Johnston, and um, Aitken, still at the top of centre wing, or do you think some of these other more attacking options are, are better are better goes at the moment? No, I, I agree. I think they're the the three sort of standouts. And if uh, Johnston's goes uh, ballistic against the Eels, that's not going to worry me because I'm an owner and I'm also looking slightly at putting the VC on him. So that could be a mm. I'd be happy with a big game from him this week after he didn't have a great one last week. But, yeah, Masters and Aitken and Johnston, probably the, the three other options, along with Madison, I think, are probably that would be the, the, the prime centre-wing combination. And then if you could have a fifth one who'd be any one of Mitchell or Ferguson um, or Nofaluma, I think that that's a good combination. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking of getting on Luttrell. Um, had him early on in the year. He's, he's up, up and down, but... When he's when he's on, he's very good, and I, I, I'm hoping that Origin has done that for him this this year, and he's going to be on 
for the rest of the year. Um, Madison, obviously, just under 500k. He's not going to score you 130, 140 like Latrell has the ability to, but he's going to be a lot more solid. And I think, like you say, it looks like he's back to playing 80 following last week. So Madison got no problem if you want to trade him in. Latrell got no problem with that. Valentine Holmes, he is the interesting one because he's a bit more priced than these other guys. He's 620k, but he just keeps scoring tries and just keeps smashing out these scores, doesn't he? Yeah, he looks fantastic. He's been uh, had a really great run of form over the last month or two, uh, especially coming out of Origin as well. I mean, the, the issue for me is, is he worth another 160000 on top of someone like Nofaluma? I, I don't know if that's if you're going to get that much of an increase in scoring. So to me, I couldn't go for him at the moment just because he's a little bit overpriced in my opinion. But um, if you've got the money for him and you want to bring him in, definitely wouldn't be against it. But for me, he's probably a no at this stage just on price. What's the latest on Dugan? Do you know? I, look, I'm asking you because I don't. I don't really know to be honest. But do you know a when he's expected back, and b when he does come back, what position he'll be playing? I thought I saw something from NRL Physio that he was two weeks away. Okay. So that's probably not too bad. I, I think in this form, I can't imagine you'd move him out of that position. But no, I don't think so either. You know, given how some NRL coaches operate, I don't want to name names like maybe Ivan Cleary. They uh, tend to make some strange selection choices, but I can't imagine moving Holmes out of that position at the moment. I don't think so either. 90, 95 on the weekend with only one try, 44 points in evade. The week before, he had a double for 75. The two weeks before that, no tries for 66 and 64. A try the week before that for 88. So he's he's scored one, two, three, four tries in the last five weeks, and he's averaging you know 70 plus. So it's it's not like he's scored eight tries in five weeks or anything like that. He he's got good base and good. Well, he's got average base, but he's got good create and good evade points, doesn't he? Yeah, absolutely. And just even from a non-super coach perspective, he just looks like he's something's going to happen anytime he's got the ball. He just looks dangerous. And unlike Dugan, he doesn't look like he might collapse like a house of cards if someone hits him. So I think he's got the durability and he just looks more more like something's going to happen when he has the ball. Yeah. I think if you've got, um, if you've banked the cash, you know, if you've been able to set aside a couple of hundred grand or something, I would have no problem with throwing it at Holmes uh, and, you know, and giving him a crack. He could be, could be a bit of a point of difference. So I'm just going to look him up quickly and see how owned he is. He's 11.2% owned. So he's a little bit of a pod, not, um, not overly highly owned. Some of the more popular center wings, Asako, Katoa. So Latrell Mitchell's the third highest owned center wing. So, if you're like me and you're going to get on him, uh, not a pot at all, is he? No, no. That's that's one of the things about Mitchell this week, and I've put in by sell hold again, is that he's pretty popular and you're sort of chasing last week's points a bit. Um, I mean, he does have that ability to go large, but the last couple of times he's scored 100 plus, he's not done too well the week after. Um, so, no, it's a bit of a risk, but I, I think for their run home, he's probably a good uh, a good trade, but I wouldn't expect too much this week. No, Madison's only 12% owned, so a bit more of a pot option there. Fergo is 15% owned, uh, five-round average of 72. So those three Roosters guys, I've got, I've got no problem with any of them. I've got no problem if you want to throw the cash at Valentine Holmes. 
I think that job security in the number one position is safe uh, and he's looking like a good option uh, for the rest of the season. Mate, what are you seeing from Jordan Rapana in his first two games back? I think he scored 90-plus in his first game and 78 on the weekend. This is the Rapana of old. Yeah, and as a, someone who owned him for every round of the season until he tore his hamstring and doesn't own him currently, I was not too pleased to watch him score a double <laughs> on the weekend. Um, but yeah, he looks fantastic. Uh, with Croker out, they seem to be going down that side of the field more. I think Rapana or even Joey Leilua, really good choices. I think Joey's only about 430k, so either of those two guys would be definitely good options in the centre wing. Yeah, I hadn't considered BJ Leilua, but obviously... Turned up on the weekend, yeah, like you say, 437. He's only owned by 5% of teams. So he's he's one of the real pot options, isn't he? Absolutely, yeah. And I was, one of the guys I did leave out of the article last week, I pretty much put almost every other interesting pod for centre wing except for Leilua, and he was the one who got the best score. <laughs> typical, typical. Yes. Um, any other sort of low ownership centre wing pods? that you think are relevant? I mean, Wonga Blake's only 3% owned. Um, um, I can't I can't see anyone else jumping out at me. Yeah, there, there was one guy last week who managed to score more than Nofo in overall and base, and he's only owned by 1% of teams, and he's priced at under 400k. You wouldn't happen to know who he is? Um, uh, Joseph Manu? No, I was thinking of uh, your, your one of your boys, <laughs> Daniel Tufo. I knew, yeah, he was going to be my second <laughs> guess. What a joke. 69 points. Yeah, he didn't do too bad. And I promise that Wenon did not put me up to uh, mentioning him <laughs> on the podcast. Yeah, he went all right last week. Um, still not an option in my opinion. No, I think if I think if you went for him, he's, he's fine. Uh, pretty much there's about 20 different guys in centre wing with the lottery at the moment that it is that you could go with. Um, but yeah, he's not for me at the moment. No, I think, you, I think your boys are Luttrell, Masters, Aitken... Fergo, Johnston, Madison, Holmes, Rapana, and, and Nofo. I think that's your list to choose from. Yeah, absolutely. I think anyone, any combination of those four is a good combination. Um, unfortunately, I'm sitting with uh, Nick Kotrick as one of my centres at the moment, um, so I'm desperately hoping that Ricky Stewart sees the light and puts him at fullback full-time because he's just not seeing enough of the ball on that side of the field at the moment. No, he's not, is he? And you didn't get sucked in by Hopawade last week? No, no, especially after a big score. Um, yeah, I stayed away. Good, good work. Um, all right, well, look, I think that sort of covers most of that stuff. Like I said, we're going to do questions now, and there's a lot of them, so there'll be a lot more content to come. Before we do that, what are you thinking in terms of captain, vice-captain this week? Um, I'm pretty much set on my captain this week. I'm going to be straight captaining Sean Johnson. He's got an average of 88 against the Titans from 13 games, and one of those games he only scored 10, so his actual, if you take that game out, his average against them is astronomical, so he'll pretty much be my captain. And then my vice-captain will be some one of the South players playing Eels, most likely uh, Crichton, but probably Alex Johnston. Huge call on Johnson. Johnson's last five scores this year... 44-52-17-54-29. So you're banking on that favourable matchup against the Titans there. Yeah, his last four games against the Titans, he scored 82-97-147 and 110. Oh. So I'm, I'm banking on that continuing, and I'm, I'm, I've got it on there at the moment, but I'm looking forward to the captain's article this week um, to help uh, support my decision. But, yeah, that, I, I can't go past those numbers at the moment. Yeah, good call. I'm actually, I'm sitting on Taumalolo as vice at the moment and Damian Cook as captain uh, up against the Eels, but 
I don't mind that Johnson call actually. It it makes the game a little bit more interesting, you know, watching it watching your team when you've got someone as captain. So I don't mind that, mate. I don't mind that. That could be an option this week, I think. Yeah, I think, and I'm sort of banking, banking. Sorry, uh, giving myself a bit of a uh, a chance with the cap, uh, vice captain in the Eels game. I think so, mm-hmm. someone from South is going to put up a big score there. So. If I get one there, maybe I don't have to worry about Johnson. But as you said, watching him play and having the captain on Sean Johnson is uh, one of the biggest roller coaster rides you can have in Supercoach. Uh, some big highs and some very, very big lows. Yeah, exactly, exactly. All right, let's go to questions. Uh, we'll go through a few. I might, I'll read them and I'll fire them over to you. Um, sure. Greg, we've got some from Greg Thompson here at GBallerNZ. Oh, these are these are these are not confusing. These are tricky questions. Uh, when would when would you look to either Nuff or upgrade Remus Smith? I mean, I think you can do it this week. I mean, I'm not. I wouldn't be desperate to Nuff him if I had him. But I think if the money you get from him is going to fund bringing in someone who's coming into your 17, then you can do it straight away. I think if you're just bringing someone in for a bit of depth, like if you're upgrading a Brimson to a Cleary or bringing in another. Front, uh, another forward who may not play in the 17. I don't think it's desperate that you do it this week. Yep. Currently running SJ and Widop with Lewis and Brimson. Would you suggest one more gun half? I think we've sort of covered this. Uh, my, my opinion is just go with the two halves because you're going to be playing a hooker and a fullback and two forwards ahead of your third or fourth half most weeks anyway, I would have thought. Yeah, I agree. And both of those guys, Brimson and Lewis, I think are a dual. So you only really need to trade one of them out if you get an injury and you can swap them around otherwise. So I don't think you need to. Both of them got pretty decent base stats as well. So if you're out of trades, you could probably play one of them in a pinch. Yep. Uh, from Big Bag, Big Bad Barry, cut my losses on Hayne and burn two trades to get rid of him with seven trades left. I would probably do that this week just because he's on the wing and I think I think he might have mentioned that he was looking at Madison and if he didn't have Madison, I think that's probably two trades well spent. Yeah, especially with seven trades left. Just start going hard now. Absolutely. Uh, Rick Saunders, pot of the round, the peach, if he actually plays fullback. Uh, yes, I agree with that. I don't think he will play fullback, but if he does, um, you, you just don't know how long-term it's going to be, though. He's a, I think he's probably a daily fantasy play rather than a super coach play. Yeah, absolutely. If he was uh, fullback, I'd have him one of the first players picked in any of the daily fantasy I'd be playing. Maybe a look at him for super coach as well, given how he likes to hang onto the ball when he gets it. But I think, um, yeah, I don't think he's going to be playing fullback, so he's probably not that relevant. Agreed. Uh, at John O'Miller, twelve must be drunk. Should I nu- <laughs> should I enough Reese Martin to a dual position so I can bring up Maddo to the second row in case of injury? Currently got Holmes, Fergo, Masters, Rapana. Maddo and Man and Enough. So that, that's a very strong centre wing Jono's got there at the moment. But should I enough Reese Martin? I think the answer is no. No, absolutely. I think, yeah, if you're selling Reese Martin at this stage, I'd uh, like to ask you to donate your trades to me because I could probably put them to a better use. I think Martin's an absolute gun and a, a keeper and should be in your 17 every week. Agreed. Uh, at Steve Lee, double zero, who would you trade out for Crichton? One of either Tapao, Fafida, James, Kikau, or Martin. So I did this exact trade last week and I sold James. Uh, yeah, I would probably I would probably do Kikau this week. I don't think he's someone you would play in your 17, whereas Fafida's at least shown he has 
some big games in him. Um, but probably either one of those two. But out of that five, I'd be leaning to kick out. Um, I've got a bit more faith in James, and he's sitting in my front row at the moment. Okay, I'm definitely playing kick out this week. He's done the job for me the last three weeks, and I've got a I've got to reward good form. I'd love to keep him and play him, but um, um, my centre wing is needs a bit of help, and even though his average is similar to Madison, I can't move kick out of centre. So. As yeah. much as I'd like to. So uh, we're trading in Madison for him this week. But yeah, if you've got him, definitely play him. Definitely. Uh, Eels forever, mate. One of your mates. <laughs> uh, three trades left playing head-to-head finals. Top four. Bench is Cameron Smith, Sergis, Gerbo, and Arrow slash Turbo. Has, have de- decent depth in other positions. Should I get SJ Cleary or Fergo, so one of SJ Cleary or Fergo over the next two or three weeks, or save one trade for finals? I think if you don't have Sean Johnson, given how well he plays against the Titans, he would be probably my first choice, um, not knowing necessarily who's in his centre wing at the moment, but if he doesn't have Sean Johnson, um, pretty good chance that your head-to-head opponent might have them as well, so um, I'd be looking at him. Yep, yep. Uh, Luke Forbes, time to turf arrow. We said no. Uh, Jared Salmon, who are your predicted top five centre wings? I think we've covered that. More questions about nothing, Ryan James. Uh, Mitchell Clogg asks, the only way to upgrade Orbo to Crichton is to run enough as backup to SJ. Too risky. I don't think it's risky because the reward with Sean Johnson is there. If you are looking at enough, you've also you've got um, the young lad from the Cowboys whose name is just escaping me for the time being, who's come in and he's only I think one sixty four k. Yes, Clifford. Yes. Yeah. So I mean, to me, that's an option. If you need to nuff someone, at least you get someone who will get some game time, um, and then you've got a, 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 at worst a backup. But it depends if you you've got positions for him because I think he's five eighth only. Yes, I was just looking at that. Yeah, that gets me every time with these bloody Harbs when you get one of them who's not dual. Yep, same with, it was the same thing with Jerome Luai for round 18. I would have gone, I mentioned going with Lachlan Lewis just because he was dual, and then of course Luai came out and dropped 130 points yeah. on the tie, on the Warriors. Yeah. Um, uh, Trader Adventures, have you developed a player selection matrix slash dartboard for who to play each week? That's the problem at the moment, isn't it? We're, we're getting to the point of 18, 19, 20 good players, and it's, it's working out who to play each week, and you're never going to get it right, basically. Yeah, there's so many guys that you will you'll have sitting on your bench who could put a very big score, and I think uh, Joe Fitz mentioned in his team's analysis that he's had a few big scoring players on his non-playing reserve bench the last few weeks. Uh, I think we're all going to experience that over the next few few rounds. So um, for me, I basically would be using a dartboard, which is pretty much the same way I pick my perfect eight team. Yeah, perfect eight. That's impossible. That yep. is, I haven't played it once all season, um, but it's. I, I think it's impossible. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's not going to go off. I think I got one player last week. I had Mitch Barnett as one of my team, one oh, of my yeah. picks, but I think one's probably the best I've done all season. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, you know, for a minute or two to chuck it in, it's probably worth it. You you never know. Well, that's it. You know, you never know. And if you go back and look at some who some of the players are who've actually won or have actually scored the highest in most of these games, it is very random. So if you do pick in a random team, it only takes you a couple of minutes, if that. Um, yeah. You're going to have a good chance at something like $330,000, so why not? Yeah, exactly. All right, we'll, um, we'll start to wrap it up there. You've got a, um, a basketball game to go to. Um, everyone just remember, play on. We've got the special uh, competition this week, which is hidden from anyone else in the lobby. The only way to get it 
is via the link on the website, uh, which is in all of the articles this week. It's only a dollar to enter, and there is a ticket to the $25,000 NRL end of season super contest on offer. So these tickets are worth 220 bucks, and usually the games to, to win one of them are at least $11 or $22 entry. So this is a special comp, dollar to enter. Click on any of the links anywhere on the website, uh, and you'll be taken through directly to that game. All right, what are we, what are we hoping for this week? I'm, I'm hoping for uh, some big scores. Obviously, I'm hoping, <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping for Alex Johnson to bounce back and get a good score, and I'm, I'm hoping for a good start to the week tomorrow night. I'm going to play for Feeder, and I'm hoping that he gets some good attacking stats. I think he'll, he'll play very well against the Broncos in a big game. Yeah, I'm also hoping for a good start to the week. I've had some very dire Thursday, Fridays, and even Saturdays the last few rounds. If it wasn't for Latrell and Teddy last week, I would have had an absolute shocker. So looking for big scores there, hoping that one of my center wings fires, um, preferably someone like uh, Alex Johnson, who's a little bit more of a pod than uh, some of the other boys. Uh, and then, yeah, big score from Sean Johnson on Sunday against the Titans in, uh, on the Gold Coast would be a fantastic way to cap off the weekend. That would be excellent. Mate, thank you. Uh, thanks for all your good work on the website so far this year. Uh, very much appreciated. And thank you for, for jumping on the podcast uh, today at sort of, you know, only 24 hours notice or so. It's again, very much appreciated. And we'll have to, uh, have to do it. Excuse me. We'll have to do it again soon sometime. Yeah. Thanks, Ian. Thanks for the opportunity to write on the site. It's been great interacting with everyone this year and I've enjoyed doing the pod. I'd love to come back whenever you want to have me. Excellent. Done. All right, mate. Thanks again. I'll uh, speak to you soon. Yeah. Cheers. Thanks. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.